0: This afternoon, I'd like to read a few verses out of the first epistle of John, the fifth chapter, for those of you that want to follow along. This is uh, just a a short explanation. Uh, Obviously, I don't preach regularly, and when I got the call, uh, if I could fill in this afternoon, uh, the Lord has been speaking to me. About the subject of faith, particularly as it applies to faith living in the time that we're currently in, which is very different and continues to be different every day. And with that, let's read a few verses here. First epistle of John chapter five. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world Even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I've taken to calling the time that we're living in the new abnormal because I hope this isn't the new normal, but as we know, times keep changing and I try less and less to follow news and see what's going on because it, uh, you know, tends to grate on you after a while and uh, usually there's not a whole lot good there. And I find if you listen or or tune into different news feeds, and I get mine via internet, on, on my phone most of them, they're all different. Everyone has a different angle, a different story, and it's hard to know sometimes what to believe and who to believe. And so the world that we're living in is changing very quickly. There's political upheavals, countries. China's flexing its muscles. There's a lot of countries at each other's throats. There's some that are putting armies at their borders ready to attack the other one or defend or whatever they want to call it. But politically, there's a lot of upheaval. Business has gone down the drain in the world. Governments are interfering and, and businesses aren't functioning right anymore. People are laid off. There's a lot of crazy things going on in this world. But, in spite of all these changes, in spite of everything that we see, there's two realities that are there still and will be until God says it's over. And that is that Satan is still very much real and working in the world, and that God is still God on the throne. God still rules. God is still in control and that gives me great comfort because it doesn't matter what I see happening around us. It doesn't matter what I read. It doesn't matter what's coming because, I mean, there's so many changes coming in technology and some of them are threatening to a lot of people and there's a lot of fear in the world and I want to talk about that a little bit too and how faith relates to fear but we need to realize and I have heard and seen and spoken with people, not nothing to do with our church but other churches that are splitting up, that are falling apart. A group here, a group there, or some half here and half there. And these were churches that were Bible-believing. These were churches that seemed to have it all together. And yet Satan has done his work. He's divided people. And he's certainly dividing, or trying, I shouldn't say, certainly, he's certainly trying to divide us as well. We're no different. We have different opinions. We look at these situations differently. But we need to focus on that which we have, which is God. Faith in God. A faith in God, a real faith in God, is active. It's exercised. It's something that is working in us. And Brother Warner preached about faith and works on uh, Wednesday night. And I read something that William Booth wrote since then. He said, faith and works should travel side by side. This faith by itself is no good. We need to work. Out of our faith has to come actions. Faith and works should travel side by side, step answering to step, like the legs of men walking, first faith, then works, then faith again, and then works again, until you can hardly distinguish which is which. Faith and works together. And I bring that up only because it's part of faith, and if we exercise our faith in such a manner, if we are active in doing things for God. So if God calls, we answer. If God says go, we go. If God says do, we do. We don't sit idly and wait. We are not to be idle people. Faith, we know some of the important things, many of these verses you know, but I want to bring them so that I can apply them in in ways that I believe God wants us to learn. Hebrews says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. And that one I hang on to personally because that word impossible you can't mess with. It's impossible to please God unless we have faith. Faith. And then, of course, there is the measurement of faith, and I want to get to that later on, is how can we measure that faith? But think about how much faith we have and the impossibility of pleasing God, because if we don't please God, we're certainly not going to get to our desired goal. Faith is a gift given to us by grace. Ephesians 2a tells us that. Faith is part of the fruit of the Spirit, and that is essential. We can't, you know, too often when it comes to the Bible and other things, we, we tend to pick and choose. We tend to, you know, take the things that we really like or we think we can do or handle, and, and we leave out some things. And none of us thinks that maybe we're on the wrong by doing that, but we need to take the whole Bible, the whole Word of God, I like what George Muller said. He says, Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. Think about that. Faith begins where man's power ends. Faith we need for the big stuff. Faith we need for the big decisions. We need to live by faith every day. We need to go by this word and by what God has laid out for us. But real faith, and this is the the reason that the Lord has been laying this on my heart, is faith is something that sits dormant with some of us, doesn't it? I don't need faith because... I've got money coming in, or I've got a home, or I've got plenty of food, or I've got luxuries, or whatever else we have. But faith, when I get really sick, I lean on that faith. But we can't just reach out and switch that, that faith on and off. That faith needs to be a daily exercise for us. Faith that is living. Faith that is exercised. I think of that often. And I'm happy, kind of, when, as James said, we should rejoice when we have diverse temptations, when we have problems in our lives. Because those are stepping stones to building our faith, to building it up. Because if I'm going on a long trip and my car is near empty and I head down the road... Sure enough, I will run out of gas. And trust me, I've done that a few times. I like to live on the edge, and I've done that a few times. It's burned me. We need to have a tank full of faith. We need to have be full of faith. I want to touch briefly on, you know, those of you that don't know God, and those of us that know God, because faith and sin don't mesh Either we're sinful or we have faith in God. You can't sort of play these things back and forth. If we live in faith, we can, we can subdue sin in our lives. We can subdue the devil in our life. Sin separates us from God, and that leaves us at the mercy of the devil. In Psalm 32... It gives us some of the remedy. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. And that forgiven is ready right now. God is ready to forgive you and me now, immediately, if we confess and come to him and acknowledge. It says, blessed he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. God is a forgiving God, a gracious God, a loving God. If we come to him now, if we tell him, Lord, I'm a sinner. Or if we as Christians realize we've said things we shouldn't say, as we heard this morning. And I certainly am in that camp. Do things. Lack of things that we should have done. Whatever we failed at, bring them to God. Bring them to God. And he promises here in in the last part of Psalm 32, he says, if we do these things, he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Nothing to fear, no matter what's going on outside these walls, outside the walls of our homes. We need fear nothing. And this world is full of trouble. Last night, as I was sitting, reading, and thinking about some of these things, we live in a, lo- a bungalow town home. And we have a neighbor on one side and several on the other. And the walls are pretty good, but we have a neighbor that that does some awful things sometimes. The screaming and the yelling that goes on in that house is unbelievable. The sin is everywhere, and it can affect us too. We need to bring these things to God The Lord knows, Peter says, how to deliver the godly out of temptation, but he also knows how to deliver the unjust to the day of judgment. God is just. God is righteous, like we can't be. He knows. He knows our hearts. And that humbles me, and that makes me come to God often more than once a day, and say, Lord, forgive me for something I've done, for something I've said, for someone I was supposed to visit, and I put it off for a day or two, when the Lord had a reason for me to be there that day. Thy word. We've heard this often from this pulpit. In Psalms it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. There's a purpose for having it in our hearts, to protect a barrier against sin. That's the word of God. Another thing that the Lord has been speaking to me about is Luke 18, verse 8, where Jesus, he had been talking about prayer, but he asked the question, says, Will I find faith? when I return. That is something I remember Brother Bob Friend saying from our pulpit in Sydney Street many years ago. And now I'm thinking like that going, wow. And I could see it. The devil is working to destroy Christians, to divide and conquer, to tell you and me that we are right and the other one is wrong. We need to realize that the devil is still the devil. And God is still God on the throne. Will I find faith when I return? And this is the chapter that we read here. It says, who is he? Let's back up a verse here. Verse 4 of, of uh, Epistle of John chapter 5. He says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes The world and this is also the victory that overcomes the world even our faith our faith is going to get us through our faith if your faith is low or weak I beg you build it up because I can guarantee you if what I see and what I hear this is just the beginning of all sorts of trials And that's good news for us because that means we're that much closer to the return of Jesus to the rapture let's be ready for that you know if we get backed into a corner if we if we get tested severely in the coming days months years we have to be ready at that time our convictions have to be sure at that time our tank of faith needs to be filled. Because if it's low, if our faith is just making it, we probably will find ourselves in deep, deep trouble. God is gracious, but we need to do our part. We need to be ready that, you know, he who believes that Jesus, the Son of God, will overcome The faith in His Word, the faith in Jesus Christ, in His death, in His resurrection. Letting His Spirit, He went to heaven so that we could have His Spirit speaking to us, directing us, guiding us with His eye. We can't see tomorrow, but God knows He's already there. He's already there. So let's not worry about that, but let's make sure that our faith is strong. The question that I came up with is, what evidence do you and I present to the world, to God and to the world that we are His? Is our faith evident to those around us? Is our faith evident to God? is our faith showing so that others can see what we believe and who we believe in. I like the story of Hudson Taylor, the famous evangelist that went out, the missionary went out a long time ago to China and spent much of his life there, I believe. And during a difficult time when he was in China, his wife wasn't with him and he wrote to his wife to tell her how things were going and he said something that really spoke to me he says, we have 25 cents and all the promises of God that's rich he had the promises of God he trusted, he believed the promises of God and he knew what God could do he was on a ship one time and it was, I don't remember the year 100, 100 I don't know, maybe more years ago and it was a ship by the island of Sumatra, and it was a sailing ship, and they had lost the wind out of their sails. And so they went, and the captain was concerned, because the ship was drifting towards the island, and he had information that those people that lived there could be cannibals. So he was concerned. Hudson Taylor was on that ship, and he went to Hudson Taylor, knocked on his door, and and he said, There is no wind. I need you. You are a man of God. He knew who he was. He says, You need to pray that we have wind so that we can not land on this island and keep going on our journey. Hudson Taylor said, Okay, but you gotta put up the sails. Captain says, Are you crazy? I can't do that. My my men are gonna think I'm crazy. I can't put up the sails. I have to wait till the wind comes. Hudson Taylor said, put up the sails. And he did. The story says, 40 minutes later, the captain knocked on his door again, came in and found Hudson Taylor on his knees and said, stop praying. He says, we have more wind than we know what to do with. That's faith. So Hudson Taylor knew Twenty-five cents meant nothing. Broke meant nothing. Little meant nothing. He had all the promises of God because he had faith. God is looking for us when he comes, that our whole life may be one of faith, that we have the whole package, that we trust in him completely, that we lean on him, that we live faith by faith step-by-step, step, faith and works together, doing those things. Because if we are active, then Satan has very little he can do with us because we are working for the Lord. Here's a test that speaks to me and hopefully to you as well. To show us with the help of God, in Second Corinthians 13, 5, the advice there is, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Not in faith, not some faith, in the faith. The right faith, the full faith, the firm faith in God. Are we living that every day? He says, examine. And examine means to inspect In detail to investigate thoroughly to determine what's there do we examine that thoroughly do we want God to examine us that thoroughly but notice it says examine yourselves it's something I have to do for me and you have to do for you examine yourself then it also says to prove your own selves If you want to prove something, that means you have to demonstrate the existence of something. You have to demonstrate in a court of law, you have to demonstrate that someone is guilty or not guilty. There has to be proof. Here, what is proven when we prove our own selves? Is the existence of faith there? Does the evidence clearly show that we are living a life of faith? The other part of this that the Lord has sort of been speaking to me about is fear. Now I remember my departed father-in-law used to say fear and faith both start with the same letter but they have nothing else in common. Either we have fear or we have faith. Are we frightened by what's happening? Are we frightened at the prospect of what's happening? Or Do we have faith in God, knowing whatever happens, He has it under control. He's got my back. I don't need to worry. And actually talking to somebody about this just in the last week or so, I don't recall the day, but when we think about our lives, what have we got to lose? We have already died to Christ. We have died, and we have buried our old nature. Our life belongs to God, and the worst that anybody can do is take that life from us, which means we go to our reward. Either way, we win. God with us, or we with God in paradise. Fear, you know. I looked at, I came across something interesting that, you know, phobias are fears of various different things. And many people have different fears and many of them are irrational. But public speaking of all things was the highest on people's list. 40% of the people that were polled for this had a phobia about public speaking. And there was fear of heights, of insects, financial problems. Deep water, disease, death, flying, loneliness, dogs, driving. People have fears and many more. Now there are many more fears because of the times that we're living in that Satan is trying to use on mankind. And let's not let him use them on us because we know better. We know the end of him. Did you know that there's actually a disease called phobophobia? Fear of being afraid. That's how much this world is in a mess. Fear is simply false evidence appearing real. That's the acronym for that. It's not real. It looks real. It looks like we're in trouble. God is in control. Let's not forget that. God is in control. Fear imprisons. Faith liberates and sets us free. Fear paralyzes, but faith empowers. So often, I like to, maybe it's because I'm a guy, but I like to read when the Bible talks about power that we get through Christ. Power in the Word, through the Word. He gives us the power. Every one of us that uses it, that avails ourselves of that. The example that came to my mind was in Exodus 14 where the Israel nation was gotten to the Red Sea and they were backed into a corner and Pharaoh and his great army were coming. They were coming and they were going to slaughter them. They were were coming to get them. Didn't look good. Think about it. What, What positive could there be? And look what Moses said to them. He said, fear ye not. How often do we read in the Bible, fear not, or don't you fear, fear ye not. Let's not fear. Why? It says, stand still. Wow. He didn't say, don't fear, just run. No, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And there's other accounts in the Bible where God said, yeah, just take a few men, or, or just stand on the hill and watch, and I'll take care of this for you. God will take care of these things for us. Faith is what we need. David and Goliath, I love the attitude of David, but we see here why. He says, the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion, and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Notice, David had made experiences, these stepping stones of trials, difficult situations. And we read many stories in the Bible like that. And so, I thought to myself, what kind of stories have you and I uh, got of a, a lion that we tamed, or a bear that we slew, or something that we overcame that was very difficult? Remember, faith begins where man's power ends. That is important to remember. You know, we don't need to fear. It says, when I'm afraid, David said, I put my trust in you. Isaiah says, fear not, I am with you. He never leaves us alone It just says, don't worry. There's an answer. He's with us. He's before us. He's around us, watching over us. God never lets us out of his sight, unless we sin. Then we cause the separation. And so, faith and fear cannot exist together. We need to make sure that we live a life of faith. God takes us through all these situations. One illustration I ran across said, fear and faith cannot keep house together. When one enters, the other departs. Either we have fear or we have faith, and we need not have fear. God is there. God has conquered all that. Feed your faith. Feed your faith and fear will depart. So where is our faith? Not sure what you've learned this afternoon. I know that What the Lord spoke to me is that I need to make very sure I examine myself. That I confess any sin that is in my life and get rid of it quickly before it festers and grows. That my friends, that those of you that don't know Christ yet, that you come to Him today because it's not going to get easier tomorrow or next week or next year. You may not have that time. Now, faith overcomes sin. Jesus expects to find faith in us when he returns. Let's examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. Let's prove ourselves and see what evidence is in our own lives of the faith that should be there. We don't have time to get into it now, but I encourage you to go to Hebrews 11 because, you know, we talked, it says it talks about Abel by faith offering the right sacrifice. It talks about Enoch not dying. Why? It says he had this testimony that he pleased God. Boy, if that's our goal, surely our faith will be full. Noah built an ark never rained before did something that was impossible before that people laughed at him i'm sure but he did it and on and on abraham the, we know the example well god says go what did abraham do he went to the land i will show you not you know he's not saying go this many kilometers go this many miles go to this lake or go to this mountain he says just go He's saying to us, go, let's go in faith. Let's live in faith. Let's read this book in faith, knowing it's true, and knowing that Jesus is returning, knowing that our lives are finite. There is an end for each one of us. And when that end comes, or when Jesus returns, he will know, and so will we very quickly, if there is faith in us. May the Lord give us grace to, to have that faith and to believe with all of our hearts to daily and moment by moment walk in faith with works and live a life that proves to others that we have faith in a living, almighty, all-powerful God.